No Junk Mail presents The Trading Post, narrated by the author James R. Von Felt. Chapter 19. Day 17 continued. We were about a half mile out into the lake. The wind was strong and we had to fight hard to turn around. The prisoner raft slammed into the big raft. Looney barely missed being squashed between the logs. Finally, we turned in the right direction and put our backs into rowing hard. We gave it everything we had. We were tired, but we had seen the trading posts and we were excited. We rowed and rowed in the dark. We couldn't really see where we were going, but eventually we could hear the waves break on the shore. Another bolt of lightning showed us that the trading post was straight ahead, about a thousand feet. Long here said we were getting too close to the shore. We had to point the boat into the wind, so we were pushing against the wind, rain, and waves to get to the trading post. We rode harder. We were getting there. Every inch back to the east was a struggle. We were sweating and panting as we finally came close enough to see the boat dock. The right front of the big raft hit the end of the dock first, and even though we were not going fast, the weight of the raft made the dock creak as if it was going to break. The rowboat wrapped around the east side of the dock, and the prisoner raft wrapped around the west side of the dock. A perfect landing. We were at the trading post at last. Brave and Enu jumped out of the rowboat to secure the boat to the dock. Philip told me to get in the rowboat and take care of the money box. Then he joined Enu and Brave on the dock. It was pitch black and raining hard. When lightning struck nearby, we could see a building about 50 feet or so from the dock. Enu, Brave, and Looney were sent to the building to look around and see if anyone was there. For what we could see in the quick flashes of lightning, the building wasn't all that big. We busied ourselves securing the rafts to the dock and chatting excitedly about the trading post. Alex stayed at his post on top of the firs. We sat and waited. Sam and Jake became unusually quiet. Longhair, standing on the dock with the rifle in his hand, leaned over to examine the ropes holding Jake's hand. In a flash, Jake grabbed the end of the rifle and yanked Longhair off the dock and into the water. Jake had gotten one hand free, and now he had the rifle. Pushing himself up with the arm that was still tied down, he used his free arm to aim the rifle directly at Billy. He screamed at us to drop our guns. I was close to Alex, who was still sitting on top of the furs. He pulled a pistol out of his belt and aimed it directly at Jake. Alex's small voice said, Put the rifle down, Jake. It's not loaded. Jake exploded in laughter, swinging the rifle so it pointed directly at Alex. They both pulled the trigger at the same time. The night exploded. Our eyes had become accustomed to the dark, and we could make out those close to us. When the gun went off, there was a great flash. In the light of the explosion from Alex's pistol, you could see the surprise on Jake's face. Surprise followed by pain. Jake yelped as his leg jerked against its restraints. He had been hit. He was shocked at first, and then he snarled and swore twice as loud as before. In a great rage, he threw the rifle at Alex. 
The rifle missed and went over the raft into the water on the other side of the dock. Sam saw a glimmer of light coming around the corner of the building and yelled, They've killed him! They've killed him! Curses and condemnation flowed from Jake like water. He was still secured to the stretcher, with rope across his left hand, middle, and feet, and the stretcher was still secured to the raft. Blood was on his leg and hand as he worked desperately to free his other hand. Long hair emerged out of the water close to the prisoner's raft. Standing on the muddy bottom of the lake shore, he hauled off and smacked Jake as hard as he could with his fist. Jake was so focused on his ropes that he didn't see long hair or the fist. Crack! Jake's head whipped sideways like it was going to come off, but it didn't. It bounced off the floor of the raft and stayed there. Alex pulled back the hammer on the pistol and aimed at Sam. Sam recognized the click and shut up instantly. From screaming in a gunshot to darkness and silence in a second or two, that was impressive. A kerosene lantern peeked around the corner of the building and then waved gently as it moved to the dock. At first, the light blinded us and we couldn't see who was holding it. Looney and Brave had returned. Looney hollered, What's going on? Alex responded, It's okay. Everything's under control now. It was, too. The light from the lantern cast weird shadows all around. As Looney and Brave approached, we adjusted our eyes to the soft light. Another light was coming around the corner of the store. It was Inu with a second lantern. Longhair climbed out of the water and onto the prisoner raft. He looked at Jake's leg's wound and tied a tourniquet, made a bark strip rope around Jake's leg. Then he retied Jake's hands to the stretcher. Longhair stepped onto the dock from the raft, then slid off the other side into the water again. Jake had thrown the rifle into the water, and he was going to try to find it. Longhair said, Not deep. He knew Brave and Philip joined Longhair in the water. The water was about chest high on Inu at the end of the dock. They walked back and forth, shuffling their feet in the mud to locate the rifle. After a few minutes, Brave struck the rifle, went under water, and retrieved it from the bunny bottom. He held it high as he came up out of the water. We all cheered! One by one, Inu, Philip, Longhair, and Brave climbed out of the water onto the dock, dripping wet and shivering in the breeze and rain. We were all wet from the rain, and we were cold. It was still raining, and occasionally a gust of wind drove the rain into our eyes, and we had to turn our heads. Looney filled us in about the trading post. Looks like nobody's here. You can see the store over there at the end of the dock. There are four smaller cabins across the road. The first cabin has a car parked in front of it, and we think it's the car Jake and Sam got here in. The door to the trading post was open, and we were able to go right in. Boy, is it a mess. Somebody really trashed the place, but we found lanterns, some fuel, and matches. Came back as soon as I got my lantern lit. Philip said to Alex, Watch. He pointed to Jake and Sam. If move, shoot. Philip said that loud so Sam could hear. Sam winched when he heard it. Jake didn't move. 
We couldn't tell if he was knocked out or playing possum. Looney gave a lantern to Daryl. He shined the light on Sam and Jake so they could watch them. With Brave leading the way and holding a lantern, Enu, Philip, Longhair, and Looney went back to the store to look it over in more detail. We sat silently in the rain, shivering and watching the prisoners. The lantern light cast shadows which leaped into the black water around us to the movement of the raft and to the sounds of the rain, the wind, and the boat bumping the dock. We sat there a long time, or so it seemed, and it was definitely getting colder. We were wet to the bone, and that didn't help either. We huddled together to get as warm as possible. Philip, Enu, and Longhair finally returned with a lantern. Philip said, Store mess. Has wood stove. Canned food. Let's go. That was good news to us. On top of everything else, we were hungry. We followed Philip to the store. Looney was inside trying to get a fire going in the wood stove. He had found another lantern, fueled it, lit it, and hung it from a wire attached to the ceiling. It provided enough light so he could see what he was doing. The light it gave off threw shadows around the room as wind from the open door hit the flame. The floor of the trading post was covered with broken chairs, turned over table, canned goods, beans, rice, flour from ripped gunny sacks. They were right. The place was a mess. There were even the ashes on the floor where the wood stove had been turned over. It had been set upright again and was to my right as I came in the door. The black smoke pipe came from the wood stove at a funny angle and went out the east wall. In the corner sat a wood box with firewood in it. The room was about 25 feet deep and maybe 30 feet wide. Two dirty small windows perched in the front wall, one on each side of the door. The store counter was in front of me and it had a glass top. Shelves lined the wooden panel walls. There was a door just to the right of the counter that led to the storeroom. It was stocked full of stuff and there were some furs piled up against the back wall. Brave took over working on the fire and sent Looney with us back to the dock to help bring in our furs. We carried the furs into the trading post and put them against the west wall. The deer and cougar skins went on top of the pile and we staggered our spears next to the furs. Once we had emptied the big raft, we had to get the prisoners off the raft and into the trading post. Longhair gave Looney a pistol to help guard Jake. When we returned to the prisoner's raft, Jake was awake and cussing everybody, especially Sam. He was swearing he was going to get even and kill everybody that got in his way. We took Sam off the raft first. He didn't give us any trouble. Of course, we had his hands tied and a rope around his neck just to make sure. As we walked him to the trading post, Billy carried a lantern. Alex carried a pistol and Longhair carried the rope. When Sam got to the store, Enu and Brave tied him to a chair near the wood stove with a bark strip rope. Nearby, Alex sat on the floor with his back to the wall. He was the guard in the trading post. We went back to the dock. Enu, Brave, and I waded into the water to the side of Jake's raft. Philip and Looney slid from the dock into the water and went to the other side of the raft. A lantern on the dock gave us light to work by. We loosened the ropes near Jake's hands, waist, and feet that bound the stretcher to the raft. 
We dragged him, still tied to the stretcher, off the raft. Together we lifted the stretcher and Jake. He was squirming and thrashing, swearing and yelling every step of the way. After a few steps, we dropped him in the water to shut him up. When he came up, he was sputtering and cussing all the more. We should have left him under the water longer, I said, but nobody paid attention to me. It was all we could do to keep him from falling as we carried him up the muddy bank. The last ups were easier when we got to the covered wooden porch that ran across the front of the trading post. Once inside the door, we felt warmth coming from the wood stove. That felt good. We laid the stretcher on the floor and retrieved a chair to tie Jake to. Jake was not cooperating, so it took all of us to hold him down. Brave got Jake's arm behind him and applied a lot of pressure. That finally made Jake stop. From then on, it was easier to get him to sit in the chair while Longhair tied his hands and right leg to the chair. Longhair left Jake's left leg loose so he could treat the gunshot wound. He took his knife and split Jake's trouser leg to get a good look at the wound. The bullet had gone all the way through the side of his thigh, which was good because that meant Longhair wouldn't have to dig out the bullet. The wound was bleeding a little bit, so he put a bandage around the leg and tied it tight until the bleeding stopped. By this time, the wood stove had warmed up the whole room. Longhair got the pot out of the backpack and prepared to treat Alex, Daryl, and Jake. Jake had two wounds that needed treatment now. Alex and Daryl's treatment went quickly because their wounds were healing. We took the bandages out and washed them in the lake and brought them back into the trading post to dry next to the wood stove. Jake, however, was hard to treat. He swore and thrashed around, trying to hurt Longhair, and this limited what Longhair could do for him. Eventually, Longhair was able to unwrap the bandage, put powder on the wound, and then wrap it up again. While Longhair doctored the wounds, the rest of us got to work cleaning up the place and putting stuff back on shelves. Inuk cleaned up the ransacked storeroom. He found another pot and skillet, canned goods, potatoes, onions, and lard. The wood stove had a flat surface on one side to cook on, a stovetop. We were hungry, so Brave and Inu made a quick stew. They opened some canned vegetables with their hunting knives and added the vegetables to the stew. Inu added some leftover dried deer meat as well. While the stew was cooking, Billy went out, got the money box, brought it in and placed it on the counter. With the money box sitting there up high, we could all keep an eye on it. The stew simmered and smelled great. We used empty vegetable cans for bowls and cups. I had forgotten how good store-bought food could taste. We sat around the room on the floor eating and chatting. When we wanted more, we went back to the pot and got it. We even had some left over after we helped Sam and Jake eat. The room was warm. I was tired, and my stomach was full. I sat on the floor with my back against the counter and drifted off to sleep. If someone woke me for my turn at watch, I don't remember. I was dreaming I was in class at the academy. Sister Bernard who I know for a fact was over six foot tall, was trying to teach me Latin. I had this thing about Latin. 
I just plain didn't like it. However, Sister Bernard was not having any of my nonsense, and she was keeping me after school. The other kids were peeking in the windows, making faces at me as I stood at the blackboard. Greek! Something woke me. The room was dark and cool. The lanterns had gone out. I heard another noise. It came from the front porch. Someone was out there whispering. The voices sounded different. I could tell it wasn't one of us, and it wasn't Sam or Jake, because they were still tied up in their chairs, and they were snoring. I was wide awake now, and I sensed danger. Creak, creak. Story continued on chapter 20.